Crimson Trace announces LaserGuard Pro for today's most popular concealed carry firearms, combining a red or green laser sight with 150 lumen light, taking personal defense to the next level. Available now at your local dealer. Today on Tom Gresham's Gun Talk, tales from a recent muzzleloader hunt, pro-gun laws in Ohio, new holsters for your wish list, and more. Plus your range reports. Call in now. One Tom Talk Gun. Take it away, Tom. What well, don't mind if I do. Tom Gresham here. It is Gun Talk. In fact, uh, you can join us. All you have to do is give us a call, 866-TALK-GUN, or just dial Tom Talk Gun. You can just jump right into the freight. We're talking about a lot of things today. We're talking about uh, news reports about guns. <laughs> I probably should put the big air quotes thing around news reports. Uh, we are under assault by the media, more so than in the past, I think, because I, I think they are spooked. They are worried. They are nonplussed. They are just flat out agitated that their candidate did not get elected. Well, and Donald Trump says that, He's going to protect the Second Amendment. We can't have that. So the media is on the assault, on the attack. And I'll have some examples of that as we go along today. Also, we're talking about, yeah, Christmas is coming up. Christmas, Hanukkah, the holidays. And talking about, is it a good idea to give somebody a gun for Christmas? Is it a good idea to give a youngster a gun of any type for the holidays? What's your story? What's your take? Good idea? Bad idea? What should come with it? What's your level of commitment? Love to get that. Also, I'm looking for some help. I just got an email from a friend. He has a six-inch nickel-plated python, hot diggity dog, but there is trouble in paradise. He used a uh, product on it to clean it, and it stained the nickel. And he's asking me, what what should I use? And so I started doing some research and finding that uh, nickel's an issue. And I'm wondering, what do you use to clean your nickel-plated firearms? Uh, he said, yeah, he was able to get the stuff off and you know, got it shined up, and now it's shiny but stained. And one report I, I saw, and I'm trying to figure this out, he says that when they nickel-plate it, one of the things they do is they copper-plate it, put a, like a coating of copper on it, and if you use a solvent that removes copper, that can affect nickel-plating. I don't know. I, I've not had a chance yet. To consult with any of my gurus, my gun cleaning, gun product gurus on this. So, but I'm looking for your thoughts on that. Do you have any nickel-plated firearms? And if so, what do you use to clean them? I'm just just curious, you know, how that shapes up for you. What what have you done with all of that? Now, uh, a big reminder, because we think it's a big product, a big thing. Our Fourth season of First Person Offender is out now. It's available on our YouTube channel, on Roku, Amazon, Fire, uh, Apple TV, a lot of ways for you to watch it. If you have been watching it or if you have shared any of the First Person Offender shows, would love to get your take on that 866-TALK-GUN. Of course, get you in. Okay, here's the one. I did a little uh, live Facebook uh, video Friday, and I ask you to call in. Well, let me read the story because I want to get your reaction to this. <laughs> this is out of a 
this is what I was talking about with the media, this assault, and I think it's going to become a growing and growing assault on gun owners and gun ownership by the media because they now feel like, well, we've lost the ability to do anything in Congress. We don't have the White House to help us with our gun ban agenda, so we're going to have to do this on our own. So we have a NBC2, this is out of uh, Florida, TV show, NBC2 investigators, you'll love this, have uncovered a flaw in Florida's gun checks system. Huh. Their investigators have uncovered a flaw in the law. Specifically, it says, 300,000 people legally bought guns in Florida in the last four months, but only 100,000 people got their licenses to carry in the same time frame. 300,000 people bought guns. Only 100,000 of them got their licenses to carry. And it follows, right behind that, it says, So, what does that mean for the other 200,000 people? Do they already have their licenses? Are they illegally carrying? NBC Investigations found out that no one knows for sure because two different state agencies handle Florida's gun buying and carrying process. So, what they are concerned with, what they are very worried about, is that there are people, possibly people, buying guns who don't have carry permits. And then they go on to say, well, how could they even carry them home? I know, I know, I know, I know. Your head's about to explode, right? Yes. You go in and buy your duck hunting shotgun, and you don't have a carry permit, so how could you possibly legally take it home? Because you would have to... Carry it home. The comments on the article are priceless, and I would love to get your comments on this. And so what I'm looking for is, as as long as it is broadcastable, what are your snarkiest comments on the idiocy of such an article? Oh, my heavenly days. 866-TALK-GUN. Be right back. What's the best self-defense gun? It's the one you have with you. The Taurus Curve is the most comfortable gun you can carry, so you will have it with you. It actually curves to fit your body. Ultra-comfortable, snag-free, made in the USA, built in light and laser, 10.2 ounces of 380 firepower, double action only, the world's first and only curved firearm. Details at TaurusUSA.com. The XDM 3.8 Compact from Springfield Armory is two guns in one. Use as your concealed carry gun with a compact magazine and use the extended magazine for home defense. Carry 13 rounds of 9mm in the compact magazine and a whopping 19 rounds in the extended magazine. To see the entire family of Springfield Armory XDM pistols, go to SpringfieldArmory.com. That's SpringfieldArmory.com. Looking for the perfect gift for the gun owner on your list? Alien Gear Holsters is proud to offer the most comfortable concealable holsters on the planet. Grab an award-winning Cloak Tuck 3.0 starting at just $43.88. This American-made holster is designed with a comfortable form-fitting neoprene and a spring steel core for enhanced retention. Its slim profile and tuckable design is perfect for concealed carry. 
Learn more at aliengearholsters.com. Meet Sid. Sid doesn't check for traffic updates. Sid does simplify suppressor ownership. Meet Sid, the new interactive kiosk that makes the fingerprinting and paperwork of silencer applications quick, easy, and pain-free. If you're ready to own a silencer, make time to meet Sid, your new buddy in the silencer business. Available at selected Powered by Silencer Shop retailers. All right, I've been looking at uh, the news out there. There's all sorts of things going on. And you know, some, some things we ought to be looking at and talking about. Of course, we've got the, the media. We talk about that. It's kind of a constant battle. And it, we're just going to continue to be under constant assault from the media. The coverage of Trump and the post-election coverage is a little bit crazy. And every once in a while, you'll see something about guns in that. And that's something that I think we all have to pay attention to. And maybe the, uh, the True Squad gets called into action to basically rebut some of the noise, sort of the nonsense that we're seeing out there for that. And of course, right now, one of the things we're talking about is what guns, if we want a gun, do you want for Christmas or for the holidays? And certainly there's a couple on my list, something I've talked about before. I do like getting guns, ammo, scopes, whatever. And what I have found is the best way to get what I want is to get what I want for myself. In other words, if you want something very specific, sometimes hinting doesn't work. And to make sure that you get exactly what you want, you just go ahead and buy it. I once asked for a come-along. If you are a truck driver, you know what I'm talking about. I got this little dippy thing that when I got stuck, I bent the come-along, but it didn't move the truck. So from that point forward, I decided if you want something very specific, just get it and put your name on it when it goes under the tree. What kind of stories are you seeing right now in the media? We're talking about that. Welcome back, by the way. 866-TALK-GUN gets you in there. Um, We see this crazy story out of Florida where somehow they're equating a carry license with the ability to buy a gun. They're just not getting it, of course. But what's interesting to me is this story's been up on their website for a, a week, and the comments are, actually, they're hilarious, very clever. And they haven't made a correction. They haven't taken it down. One, would I be, would I be off base in thinking that maybe this is a form of clickbait? They're just trying to get traffic for their website. So they just run this incredibly stupid story. And even when it's pointed out how wrong they are and that they are factually incorrect and that they look stupid, frankly, dumb. I mean, I would want to say, normally I would say ill-informed, but that's not it. They just look stupid. Maybe they leave it up because of all the traffic it's generating. People are forwarding it. People are talking about it. I don't know. What do you think? 866-TALK-GUN. Jason's called in out of Waco, Texas. Line three. He has a range report for us. Hey, Jason, how long, how far have you been shooting here, man? Well, it was a 2016 goal that my 16-year-old son and I set up in the beginning of 2016, and that was to make a thousand-yard shot. Yeah. And so we thousand-yard uh, shot in, at the begin. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. At the beginning of 2016, neither he nor I had shot much lot farther than 200 yards, and so we're shooting a 308 
in a Remington 700 with an R5 barrel on it. Uh, we spent 2016 learning how to reload, how to do the mathematical calculations in a longhand form to make a 1,000-yard shot. And this last week, uh, we did complete our 2016 goal. I don't know what's going on. I'm just not. I'm not hearing uh, Jason. I may be dropping out. I don't know if it's uh, my end or his end. So I don't can know. You hear but, me? Uh, uh, Jim, can you got me there? All right. Wait. We're still connected there. I just lost Jason. Is he dropping out? I think it's a bad phone. Let's do this. Let's drop down to Joe on line two. He's out of Katy, Texas. Uh, he's got a question that I get a lot from a lot of people. Hey, Joe. How you doing? Do you believe that you have to break in a new gun barrel? Shoot it once, clean yeah, it, shoot the, it once, clean it, shoot it once, clean it. Yeah, the whole break in a, a gun thing, uh, it really depends. I would say for the most part, you do not have to break in a, a new gun. Well, I, let's say this. You don't have to break in a, a barrel. Breaking in a gun is a whole different thing. And I guess the question is, what kind of gun are we talking about? What kind of barrel? What kind of accuracy? Uh, every semi-automatic pistol out there, I think you'd have to break in a bit. You have to shoot it a little bit for it to um, wear down. I, I'd like to have 100, maybe 200 rounds, probably 200 rounds at least, through a firearm before I trust it. And in the case of a semi-auto, a lot of what's happening is you're smoothing out everything. You are working the, the parts so that Everything is smoothed out. You're burnishing pieces, that kind of a thing. So uh, I, I would say for for that, yeah, break-in is there. But the question that I get a lot is, you know, breaking in a barrel. People are all, all read about breaking in rifle barrels. Well, first of all, if it's a handgun, no, you don't have to break in your, your barrel. It's done. Don't worry about it. We're not talking about that much accuracy. If it is a lever-action 30-30, yeah, just shoot it. Don't worry about it. If it is a thousand yard gun and you really want a, a super accurate rifle, you may want to break in the barrel, and, and that's an easy process. Frankly, the first time you shoot it, you don't break a barrel in at the hundredth round. You from the first round, shoot it, clean it, shoot it, clean it, shoot it, clean it, shoot it, clean it. Do that ten times. Really, seriously, you shoot the the rifle once. You clean the barrel with a you know, cleaning rod, good solvent, good brush. Do a good job. Shoot it again. Do that ten times. And then if you want to go ahead, then I would say maybe for the next 10 shots or 15 shots, every three shots you clean the barrel. After that, you're done. It's it's over. You have you have broken in the barrel. So that would be pretty much the whole thing, really. It's, I guess the question is, what kind of barrel would I do that to? Only the highly accurate one, only the highly accurate rifle barrels would I um, do a break-in process on. Most hunting rifles, nah. I mean, most hunting rifles, uh, I would say, they're, you know, they're shooting an inch or better. You know, here's the thing. If a rifle's not shooting better than a half an inch, I wouldn't even bother with it. If you don't expect or require it to shoot better than a half an inch group, you know, smaller than a half inch group at 100 yards, I don't think I would fool around with that. I would just go out and shoot it. Now, having said that, let's talk for a second about a brand new gun. You buy a brand new gun. What do you do with it? Well, let me suggest that you don't just take it out to the range and shoot it. Let me suggest that you take it home, take it apart, do a fuel strip on it. There's a manual that comes with the gun. Clean it 
carefully because manufacturers put, sometimes, not all, but some, will put a little heavier grease in there. We'll put a protective uh, coating on it. And that's to protect the gun so it doesn't rust as it sits maybe on the shelf for quite a while. Clean it completely, get everything off of it, use a solvent, and then use very, very little of a very good quality lube. I mean, you know I like Slip 2000 as my lube. Um, a few drops, not much, a few drops. Oh, yeah, by the way, you don't spray guns. You don't spray protective coating on guns. You spray, if you got a spray, you put it on the cloth. If you got a liquid, you put it on cloth, and you wipe down a gun because, frankly, you could put way too much lube on a gun. And should anybody approach you with a can of WD-40, tell them to back off because uh, that's not stuff we put on guns. It might be good for some other things, but it's it's not a gun cleaner. It's not a gun lubricant. Actually, it's probably a better gun cleaner than it is a lubricant or a rust preventative. Kind of a weird deal, but just you know, a thought for you there. Let's see. Let's go to line one. Uh, Robert is in Mesquite, Texas. Hey, Robert, you're on Gun Talk. Yes, sir. Uh, my father bought me my first gun when I was a kid, and uh, it was a twenty-two pistol. I really enjoyed it. We had a lot of fun with it. It taught me a great respect for the weapons and how to use them and everything. I went to the Boy Scouts, even learned how to use knives. And it's something that I plan on passing down to my children, that kind of ideology. Okay, I tell you what, we are definitely having a technical problem here because I cannot hear the callers coming in. So we're going to have to, uh, we'll do fix that when we hit our next break here, guys. We'll work on that. In the meantime, let me just tell you uh, a little bit more, give you a few more reports on this media issue that's coming up. There is a fabulous commentary by John Lott in the uh, philly.com website. It's for the Philadelphia newspaper. And the commentary is about Michael Bloomberg. It says, Bloomberg has little to show for millions spent on gun control. John Lott starts off and says, and this is an interesting point. He says, if it wasn't for Michael Bloomberg's billions, there wouldn't be much of a gun control movement. Think about that. If it wasn't for Michael Bloomberg's billions, there wouldn't be much of a gun control movement. The gun control movement, if you can call it that, in the United States is one man. Weird. But if a man's worth $40 billion, $40 billion, as he is, he can have an impact. Says uh, Bloomberg, this year, Bloomberg got a background check initiative onto the ballots of Maine and Nevada. He lost in Maine by 4% and won in Nevada by just eight-tenths of a percent. Now, Nevadans won't be able to privately transfer their firearms without going through a background check. Yep, true enough. So Bloomberg's initiative only eked out a win in Nevada because of the $20 million he spent to support it, amounting to an incredible $35.30 per vote. 35 bucks per vote. He outspent his opponents by a factor of three. Uh, says this also doesn't count all the studies that Bloomberg has funded just to justify the initiatives, and he gives $50 million a year to every town for gun safety to push for gun control. Huh. Fascinating. So, you have one man who's pushing gun control in the U.S., 
He's not going to be able to get anything done on the national level, but he is getting things done on the uh, state level because he can purchase enough advertising to move public opinion. He also can send teams in, and he does, the Everytown Group, which is same as saying Bloomberg's do it. They send teams into the states, like Nevada and Maine, to meet with the editorial boards of newspapers and television stations. And they, quote-unquote, brief them on the issue. And, of course, they say, we're the nonpartisan group. We're not the NRA, which is idiotic. On the face of it, they're a gun control, a gun ban group. But they come into a a city, and they go meet with the media there, and they hold briefings for the editorial board so they can explain the issues. And then when they leave, the editorial board of that media outlet pushes this agenda And so that's what the people of the state see. They see Bloomberg's gun control message, a thousand to one. They see the advertising that Bloomberg purchases, a thousand to one. It is, it's quite the problem. Uh, And normally you would say, well, it's just one guy. But in this case, a guy who's got $40 billion, that's a big deal. And he really can make a, a monster difference. So... As we go forward, this battle has changed. The location of the battle, the battlefield has changed. Uh, It's just fascinating what's going on. And I I don't think he's going away. Oh, yeah, by the way, he's also, what did he put, $50 million into the uh, John Hopkins School of Public Health, John Hopkins University? Gee, it's interesting how I am seeing a lot of these quote-unquote studies coming out of Johns Hopkins, calling for more gun control. Huh, how strange. We have Bloomberg funding the Johns Hopkins studies, calling for gun control, and then we have the media parroting them that say, okay, uh, yeah, we're we're in favor of that. This is where our battle's going to be, and this is where you come in. This is where the true squad comes in, because as you see these stories, you have to challenge every single one of them. We'll talk a bit more about that when we come back. 866-TALK-GUN. This is Gun Talk. Sign up for our Gun Talk newsletter and join the Truth Squad at www.guntalk.com. Now, back to Gun Talk with Washington Times opinion page regular contributor, Tom Gresham. And we're having a little problem with Tom's connection in the field. Um, Hopefully he'll dial in here shortly and we'll get right back with you. In the meantime, enjoy a previously broadcast Gun Talk. In case you're not a political junkie, in case you have not paid attention to it, have not watched any TV, here's what's happened in the last 48 hours. The FBI, head of the FBI, Director Comey, sent a letter to the U.S. Congress on Friday, essentially saying, hey, when I was there in front of you guys testifying, and you were raking me over the coals for not prosecuting Hillary Clinton for all of the crimes she has committed, I told you I would keep you posted if anything else came up. So I'm letting you know, we just found tens of thousands of her emails. And here's the interesting part. Where were they? 
No, I didn't get it from the Russians. They were on Anthony Weiner's computer. Anthony Weiner and Huma Abedin, his wife. Of course, Anthony Weiner being investigated for, and with any luck will be sent to prison for, his texting of minors. Sexting, sending pictures of his junk to minors. People do go to jail for that. One would hope that someone would see to that with him. Now, this is Huma Abedin, Hillary Clinton's closest advisor, who questioned by the uh, by the FBI said she had no documents, she had no emails, she had destroyed all of her devices, which, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you know you're being investigated and you take a hammer to your phone, do you do that because you have nothing to hide? They took hammers to the phones and destroyed them so no one could get to the data that was in there. Yeah, you, you always do that when you're innocent. Hmm. But let's move forward. So the FBI announces on Friday, we have found tens of thousands of Hillary emails. And, oh, yes, they don't say .gov. They are Yahoo accounts, and they're other accounts. And, oh, my gosh, some of them actually went to the president, and the president's answering them. So that means that the president lied when he said he had never, he never realized that she had other servers, other email accounts. And he said, the first I ever heard of this was when the media reported it, except that he was answering her email, sending them to the Yahoo or AOL or the who knows whatever accounts, not the .gov accounts. So now we have the president lying, although we know he does that a lot. So what's it all going to mean? Probably we won't get anything more from the FBI before the election. We're only nine days away after all. And, of course, there has been this constant drip, drip, drip of WikiLeaks. But the Democrats have been saying, well, pay no attention to the content of the emails that are being revealed. Pay attention only to the conduit through which they have arrived. These are stolen emails. That's the phrase they like. Stolen emails. Why would we be even paying attention to those? Well, because they have interesting content that shows that you're a liar and you're a criminal. And it's actually... You're a criminal family. In fact, you may be America's top crime family, the Clintons. Hmm, that's why we might pay attention to it. But in this case, these emails have come off of Anthony Weiner's, I do like saying that, Anthony Weiner's uh, computer. You can't say it's from the Russians. So what do you say? You say, well... We have to, CNN has already called for the firing of the director of the FBI. Huh. This would be the CNN that was very happy when he decided not to prosecute Clinton for her crimes. What's it all mean? Well, a lot of people have already voted. A lot of people voted before this came out. But there are a ton of people who are going to be voting over the next nine days. And then they're going to be voting on November the 8th. And this may be just enough to put Trump over. Maybe. What's your plan? What have you been doing? What do you think is going to happen? Do you have a plan for either way? 
What are you going to be doing? Hmm. Love to know what you think about that. Line three, Dana is with us, uh, driving to Colorado. Hello, Dana, you're on Gun Talk. I recently applied for my concealed carry in Florida where I live. It's been five or six weeks now, and I haven't got it back. But while I was taking my handgun safety course, which is required to get my concealed carry, I asked the instructor if he had a statistic or a number for how many people with concealed carries actually legally defended themselves or somebody else in the past year. And he kind of threw his hands up and didn't have an answer for that. And I'm wondering if you might know of how many instances where uh, people actually did need to defend themselves and legally did so. Well, we don't know exactly. But what we do have is a number of different studies that have been done on people who have used guns in self-defense. And the numbers run from the lowest number I've ever seen was in the 800,000 range, and the highest number I've ever seen was in the 3 million range, and that's per year. Obviously, and this is the key to it, obviously, that does not mean that many people got shot. What that means is that in almost every instance, no one got shot. There are cases where people who are carrying guns legally use them and shoot people. But, you know, and... I know you understand this, Dana. You don't have to shoot somebody to successfully defend yourself. If they stop their attack and they go away, that's a win. So there have been, I don't know, maybe six or eight university-level studies. And, of course, there's also the uh, National Crime Victimization Study. And that one comes up with a number of roughly 800,000 people who have defended themselves with firearms per year. Now, that may be just pulling a gun out and saying, go away. Uh, it may be literally, in some cases, actually just telling somebody, I have a gun. If you don't leave, I'm going to pull it out. And they take off and run. So a lot of ways to look at it. We don't have any hard facts. Now, some states do keep records on their concealed carry permit holders and if they've been involved in a shooting. But they would not, again, they would not have any information on whether this person had a gun, pulled a gun, and said, go away, the bad guy goes away, and nobody ever gets called. The police don't get called. But it does happen quite a lot. People with guns do defend themselves and their families all the time, every year, hundreds if not thousands of times a day. All right, 866-TALK-GUN, that's our number. You got any uh, range reports, been shooting anything, or are you planning on buying anything for the holiday season? Let me know. Also, what is on your mind? Are you thinking about buying anything in the next nine days? 866-TALK-GUN. If you love to shoot sporting clays, Mossberg has just the gun for you. The new Pro Series Sporting is a full-featured target gun that fits well and points naturally right out of the box. Designed in conjunction with Gil and Vicki Ash of OSP Shooting Schools, the Mossberg 930 was developed to work with you to make clay shooting easier, more consistent, and more enjoyable. This fall, head out to the range and break more clays with the new Mossberg 930 Sporting. Learn more at Mossberg.com. If you carry a gun, you need training. Your concealed carry class was definitely not training. But time, money, and obligations keep you from spending days at a shooting school. The trusted folks at Gun Talk can help. Concealed Carry One, our DVD featuring the Vada Group, covers what gun, what holster, how to carry, where to wear your gun, and much more. Visit ShopGunTalk.com. That's ShopGunTalk.com. Look. 
This really is life and death. Learn how to stay aware, how to get away, and how to fight if you must. At ShotgunTalk.com, you can get the two DVD set, including Fighting with the 1911 with Tiger McKee. No matter what gun you carry, this vital training info can save your life. Learn the draw, the stance, reloading, vital gear from Gun Talk. That's ShopGunTalk.com. ShopGunTalk.com. No matter what gun you have, you want it to hit harder, shoot faster and flatter, and be more accurate. You get all that with the ammunition from Double Tap. Double Tap's experts select the best bullets, then load them to higher velocities while keeping safe pressures. Shoot small groups. Shoot farther. Use custom hunting loads in your handgun or rifle. Even fire two projectiles with one shot. DoubleTapAmmo.com. That's DoubleTapAmmo.com. Want your next gun purchase to be fast and hassle-free? Well, at galleryofguns.com, you can search through thousands of models from our huge firearms inventory. Find a great offer from a local dealer that includes all fees and taxes. And there's no need to arrange a transfer. Gallery of Guns takes a small deposit on your credit card, and your gun will be at your chosen dealer in as little as 48 hours. Plus, your gun will be covered by our guaranteed lifetime replacement warranty. Galleryofguns.com. Search, find, buy. It really is just that easy. A decade since it was first introduced, the Taurus Judge still rules. This isn't just any personal defense revolver. This is an everyday gun. With its decisive stopping power, it's the original five-shot game changer. Today, it's available in more than a dozen models and capable of chambering both 45 Colt and 410 shot shell. You be the judge. Taurus Judge. What legends are made of. Visit TaurusUSA.com. All right, back with the 866-TALK-GUN. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. We have winners. We have more winners. Uh, our Liberty Safe giveaway. Let's see here. Two, two, two. We're giving away, or we gave away, HDX 250 handgun vaults. Four winners. Kevin V. in Riverton, Utah. Randy W. in Oakdale, California. Sarah S. in King, North Carolina. And Deborah H. in Camarillo, California. Two men, two women. Cool beans. Liberty Safe. Oh, by the way, uh, Liberty Safe is doing, let's see here, there was something here I wanted to, oh, they're doing a special deal. It ends, oh, it ends tomorrow. It ends on October 31st. Uh, special rebates on their Colonial 30, Fat Boy 64, and Fat Boy Junior safes. Uh, Gun Talk listeners can go to LibertySafe.com, special, that slash special hyphen offers. But just go to LibertySafe.com, you'll see what we're talking about. Cool stuff there. Tim's on line one, Carson City, Nevada. Tim, what you thinking? Hey, Tom. Hey, um, you know, we've heard of the fallout from this big botched FBI investigation and uh, how there was the destruction, the, the immunity agreements and the destruction of the attorney's laptops of uh, Cheryl Mills. And there was another attorney, I believe, I can't recall the name off the top of my head, um, and that infuriated the rank-and-file FBI. And uh, from what I've gathered, there's a prominent D.C. attorney named Joe DeGeneva who uh, has been recently interviewed and he's also offered to uh, help out any FBI whistleblowers. He's a big, he's a big D.C. lawyer, and he said that he has on good authority that there are FBI agents and also Department of Justice investigators that refused to destroy those laptops. So they were told, 
hey, as part of this deal, we have to destroy these laptops. And they just knew it in their soul that that was wrong mm-hmm. and that they didn't do it. And that those laptops exist and they're still available and they're under subpoena. So I think this story, that might have been another ace in the hole in terms of uh, uh, forcing the hand of, uh, um, of Comey to, to huh. realize that this Could stuff be. has not been ruined. And um, should that begin to come out, I mean, who knows what's in that? Well, in, that's, in that's the, the whole thing, Tim, is that we, we don't know what's in there. Uh, we, I think we have a pretty good idea. It actually kind of goes to uh, line four, John, his, uh, out of Grand Forks, North Dakota, his call. Hey, John, what are you thinking about all these emails? Well, uh, setting the legality of emails aside for a second, mm-hmm. so we've got these 33,000 emails, now tens or more thousands of emails. When in God's green earth did these people have time to work? Well, (laughs) (laughs) it's an interesting question. Uh, The only thing is, that is their work. That's all they do all day long. They, if you see them, they are texting on their phones. They are not texting; they're actually sending emails. They're typing on their phones. They send emails all day long. I mean, and I don't get a lot of emails compared to them, but I get five hundred emails a day. Five hundred emails a day. Now, I, I can't possibly read all of them. I don't know what they're doing, but. Uh, you know, I have somebody who kind of goes through a lot of those, but I'm still answering a hundred or 200 emails a day and it takes hours to your point. It takes hours. That's what they do. They don't talk on the phones. They don't write letters. They send emails. And, and honestly, that's what most people are doing these days in terms of, of work. They're just sending emails. <laughs> Occasionally I have to remind some of the younger ones in the office, say, hey, look, if you've sent an email and it's really important and you're not getting a response, pick up the phone. When somebody's on the other line and you're talking to them and they can hear you and you can hear them, you know that they are getting your message, don't you? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, they're uh, for them, sending all those emails is their work. James is on line three out of Castor, Louisiana. Conceal carry, James, talk to me. Oh, James dropped. Okay. Well, he was uh, wanting to say that uh, the secure, the concealed carry person, he says, is a non-factor. Huh. Interesting. I don't quite understand. So basically, the security person, the cop, whatever, is going to be the first person to be taken out. Yeah, maybe. Um, here's a question for you. Do you feel any safer... When you're at a place where there is security, and I have huge finger mark air quotes around it, when you look around and say, yeah, they got security here. For one thing, if security is visible, if somebody comes in, that probably is who they're going to try to take out. Uh, But on the other hand, in many cases, depending on where you are, the security has no firearm. Security's got a phone or a radio or something, and they can't really do anything. Are you aware that the police have no legal obligation to help you? What? Yeah. Courts have ruled over and over again. If you call the police and they don't show up, you can't hold them responsible. Which kind of goes back to the whole thing of there's only one person responsible for you and your family and their safety. That's me, you, right? You're the one. Why would you abdicate that responsibility? It's up to you. You better be sure that you're doing your job.
All right, back with you. Line one, going to the phones. Byron, that is, is in Bossier City, Louisiana. Hey, Byron, what's up? Hey, Tom, how we doing? Love the show, man. Thank you. Hey, I had a quick question. I've got a family member um, who is uh, born in 1960 and just recently did a concealed carry class, successfully mailed into uh, with his fee to get his permit, and was denied because... Uh, when he was a, a young man, he was uh, arrested on a misdemeanor charge. Uh, hasn't had any issues since. He's a, a business owner, uh, has had background checks for employment as a contractor, had no issues, and uh, was denied. I was wondering what you recommended, if there's anything we could do to get that expunged, or not, not necessarily that expunged, but to try to get mm-hmm. his concealed carry permit. All right, two, two questions. Was he convicted of anything? Um, not that we know of, uh, he, he, they hired a lawyer at mm-hmm. the time. Again, this was in 1980 and, um, and, and it was supposed to be taken care of and has never come up since. Well, it doesn't matter um, if, it, if it's ever come up. I mean, in the question, if they don't know that if he's a convicted or not, that's kind of critical because if you got a conviction and the other thing is what would, what was the charge? Uh, possession. Okay. Did he answer yes on the form when he was asked, have you ever been arrested? Uh, that's a, that's another good question. Uh, yeah. So, I, mean, I would think so. Yeah, because, I mean, we actually have people who say, well, that's they told me that was gone a long time ago, and so they answer no when they're on the form where it says, have you ever been arrested? Well, it's still on the records. So what it's going to need to do, I would say call the state police office. Now, and uh, here's the problem is they are swamped. They are just absolutely swamped there. Um, and try to find out, okay, where do we go from here? Uh, but they need to track down this charge. They need to find out what was the disposition of it. Uh, was there a conviction? If there wasn't, then they need to get all the paperwork on that and then resubmit it. If he, if he didn't say on the form he had been arrested, now he's got a problem there. It's, you know, to your point, you got a lawyer, you're going to have to work your way through it. But here we go. Um, one, you know, it's a shame on one hand, but on the other hand, you got to pay attention to this stuff. And if you've got, and this goes for anybody, if you have a charge from way, way back, and you think, oh, that's old news, it's never come up before, it will come up. It's still on the records. And when they start uh, doing their background check, they're going to see it. And they're going to say, wait a minute, this guy was arrested, but on the form, he said he wasn't arrested. Well, okay, boom, you're denied. It's got, real simple. you got a clerk or somebody in the office who simply looks at the record on the screen and says, yes, there was an arrest. He said he was never arrested. Click, denied, kicked it out, next, moving along. Because I've got, you know, a hundred of these to do before lunch today is basically what she's going to be thinking. I mean, I've talked to the, the nice ladies there. They are overwhelmed. I'm talking about in Baton Rouge where this is done with the Louisiana State Police. This goes for anybody. Byron, I appreciate it, and I hope you can help him out. I would uh, tell him to stick with it. I think he can get there. It's going to cost him some money. He's going to you know, have to dig in and figure out what has to be done. And I would see if I could work with the state police and just say, guys, what do we have to do to, to get this done? And they may say, well, this is what it's going to take. You're going to have to get this expunged or whatever whatever it is. That's where the lawyer is going to come in. Have you seen the YouTube videos of Colian Noir? Yeah, he's doing things for the NRA these days. Uh, he is the very smart, sharp guy who's doing these videos 
on the Second Amendment and guns. And we're going to have him next hour here. He'll be his first time on Gun Talk. He is a, a terrific spokesman for gun rights, and I'm excited to be able to have him. We'll also be talking about uh, some new ammo. You didn't think there's anything new in ammo, did you? Yeah, well, there is. There's new ammo out there. And, of course, uh, a little bit later on in the uh, show, we're going to be talking about some new guns and some new things from SIG, including a mobile shooting range. They can bring a shooting range to your town, set it up downtown, and you could be shooting. If you'd like to be a part of that, call us, 866-TALK-GUN. I'm Tom Gresham. This is Gun Talk. Gun Talk. 